1: Stick around long enough, and we're going to talk to everybody in every profession. And today, we're going to talk to somebody from the Canadian Armed Forces. He's a 25-year veteran of the military, has been deployed over four times overseas in some of the most dangerous areas you could possibly imagine, defusing bombs. He's a team leader. He's got an amazing story about how he got there and how he stuck it out and how he kept wanting to go back and just help the world i mean he's way more brave than i am he hosts a podcast called fire for effect on the cryer media network and uh he made some time today to come on and tell his story about what he does how he did it and what he will do next it's army chris on do did will howdy folks it's another week of the do did will podcast here on the cryer media network thanks for listening thus far hoping you're enjoying all these shows having a blast doing them getting all sorts of guests, like mentioned before, which just it's giving me an opportunity to speak to so many different kinds of people now, not just in my wheelhouse of music, but also just people from all walks of life that have been all over the world like myself and, and or, or not, or have something they're doing locally or whatever, but it's really been a, a great experience for me to learn these other stories and learn about these people and what they do. A couple of years ago, I joined the Dean Blundell Network and had an opportunity to launch this pod and do a lot of different cool things with it and talk to some people. But at that point, it was obviously coffee and music-based focused, and we kind of built it out from there. And through that process, I met a bunch of people on a network kind of through cyber, never really face-to-face. I'm still meeting them face-to-face. Hell, I even just met Dean only about a year and a bit ago. In person in face. So uh as these things are coming along and, and the, the media network has now become crier, and there's a ton of different personalities on it that have very cool stories, very great podcasts. And my guest this week is one of those we've never formally met outside of on Cyberland, but he's here today. This is Army Chris from Fire from Effect. How you doing, buddy? Welcome to the show. I'm good, bro. How are you doing? You know, I am hanging out uh, in South America. You're hanging out in North America, but kind of South America. I thought yeah. it was a great time for us to, to finally put something together and have a chat because I'm fascinated with with your world and your journey. You're in Mexico. I'm in Santiago, Chile. It's just a, one of those travel moments where it's like the it's stars are aligning. It really is. And it sounds so much better than Vancouver to Edmonton. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I like I like. was i prepared for for doing this here no but i like that we're doing this here
1: yeah it's a it's an opportunity to catch up say hello finally we've met a handful of times over over various podcasts and and guest things but uh, we've been on the network together for a long time and uh, just as it goes and, and as personalities float around and and bring different things to the network we have never formally actually had a chance to hang out so this is going to be great to uh, to kind of chill out so what yeah. part of mexico what part of mexico are you in
0: so i'm down in sailita mexico which is um this actually ties into the story as we later on but it it is a small hippie surfer town about 45 minutes an hour north of uh, puerto vallarta yeah. and uh it's one of my favorite places on earth and it's where i'm going to retire
1: the waters there on Puerto of are are a bit rougher, though. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh, so yeah, anything on the west side of Mexico is yeah. But it's good surf. It's not. It's not the best water compared to the Caribbean side, but as far as good surf, good fishing, this is the place to be for sure.
1: How long have you been going down there? How many years?
0: Um. So when I decided I don't want to live in Canada when I retire, and it's that's a other story
1: that's a whole other thing
0: a whole other thing. <laughs> i was in belize first spent years going to belize to try to find that spot just didn't land on it yeah and I'm big, i like to see the sunset in the west doesn't happen in belize we were in the caribbean saint lucia and a bunch of other places and just wasn't working out and then some friends said you need to come to say um i'm like what the fuck is that and so i've been coming out here for couple of years every six months and the first time I came down here and went yep this is it. it is it is the absolute antithesis of everything I've grown up with in my life and I need that I need the opposite of everything I've done and we'll, we'll obviously get to that for sure
1: well I've heard great things about it I mean there's a lot of uh, scare tactics out there about don't go to Mexico oh, don't go to Mexico and I, and I and, you know I, I know from experience I've been to Monterey in the middle of a of a of a turf war. And that, that wasn't, that wasn't fun. So yeah, like anything else, you're going to have your moments, but um, you know, I've also heard incredible places about it. And it's like anywhere you go. I mean, we just spoke the other day, the other week I was in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, you know, people are like, you know, go there. And you know, they cut people's heads off and it's like, well, listen, you can't move it forward unless you're part of the thing that's trying to help move it forward whether they want our help or not we're there we're putting on we're putting on shows We're, we're doing things to at least carry on they uh they don't necessarily need western influence but they're definitely curious about the stuff that we're doing and they want us to for the most part come over some people call it polishing the you know, it's like covering up sort of the stuff in the back. But I don't yeah. know necessarily the answer to that. You, there's way smarter people on this network than me when it comes to politics and all the rest of it. But um, if there is an attempt, I would say, I guess, to make things better, I guess you, you want to try to see if that's going to actually happen. And that's kind of what, what I'm a part of anyways. And I,
0: and I so. think so. I, I think, I mean, my my messaging to people that, are, that listen to the media on on don't travel here like well why not oh well two guys got killed in uh in a resort in 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 cancun yeah two comedians i'm like okay well what were they doing oh well they were drug dealers in you know like fuck man don't do shit you shouldn't do where you are i would I would suggest to people, I've been coming out here for a long time, I've been to more places in Mexico than this, but this is where I've been coming for a long time, and it's it's better, it's not what you think. I would suggest to people, that more people probably are killed, I don't want to spin this on a negative context.
1: No, but anyway, hey, talk, we're talking travel, we go to dangerous pl- I go to dangerous places and bring music to people. Toronto you know.
0: is a dangerous place. Sure. Um, I, I did a course of the Toronto City Police before my last deployment in Afghanistan. I saw the underbelly of Toronto. It's like, eh, hang on a second. Before you judge somewhere because the media says it's bad because they like to sensationalize, do your actual homework. And, you know, it's easy for you and me because you travel a lot. I've been around the world a lot. So we're more experienced, but you you know, your average person, eh, maybe you shouldn't worry so much. And,. That, they, yell from the, they yell right? from
1: the porch they've never left you
0: yeah know what
1: I'm and so it's it's a thing uh you joined me today from mexico but you've got a show on the network called fire for effect yeah. um which is really really cool and you got some fancy merch there which is rad so let's get this thing rolling here sir uh army chris so, what do you do
0: so i'll tell you where i am right now let's talk about do right now i am uh i'm in a weird position I am, let's call it forced into retirement, if you will. I'm, sure. in, I'm in a situation where I'm on a medical pension from the military through Veterans Affairs Canada, who's been exceptionally awesome for me because of all my experiences. So it's, a, it's been a weird transition where, okay, you're good, you're retired earlier than you planned take care of yourself mentally physically and all that good stuff and you can go do kind of like what you want to do which to me is alien it's it's so alien like i i, I grew up going i will no i'm good mike but thank you um later <laughs> he's offering me a little bit of reefer um <laughs> I'm like no man. I'm lightweight. Do as you
1: do. This is the do did will. Do no, do man,
0: it. I'm, or... I'm so lightweight on weed, man. I like guess no man. I'll go to bed. <laughs> we have to make it through this. So, um, I was quote unquote retired earlier than planned. Right? Like I just, it's like I grew up Western Alberta kid, Alberta kid. Work, 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 work. Um, and till t- you fucking die, and and suddenly it's like no man. Take a minute. You you've uh, you you've done your bit for your for your country, and now it's time for your country, you know, to take care of you. That sounds yeah. a little bit cliche, maybe. So I'm I'm really in a situation where I can do what I want to do. Co- okay, let me rewind a little bit. The lockdown, COVID, was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It really was. I know a lot of people don't think that. But I got to take a minute, yep. stop and go, you can now go do what you want to do. And I've never been in that situation in my life. And I always, even, even when I was in the military, if you rewind back to the 90s, I knew I wanted to make film. And the fastest way to do that, there's two, two pieces to this. Doing podcasts. First podcast I ever saw was Joe Rogan. And I, I didn't even know what a podcast was about four years ago. And this guy for this company I was working for at the time was a civilian, I've been out of the military for a while. These guys are sitting around their phone at lunchtime, they're giggling away. I'm like, what, what are you guys watching? Oh, it's Joe Rogan. I'm like, okay, I knew who that is. Well, what is that? What's well, a podcast. I said, well, what is it? They said, well, he just goes on and just talks I'm okay yeah. so i watched a few episodes of rogan right yeah and i'm sitting on my on my back deck going fuck i can do that hmm. just get some guys together and and like do it and i knew i wanted to do video because i had this passion thanks to a guy named robert rodriguez who's a filmmaker from the early mid 90s
1: yeah we know. i
0: want to make film so i always said i'm gonna do a video based pod I'll flip the audio, but whatever. And that, that was that was like my springboard to start doing videography. And I'm very new at it. And I'm trying to get better. But that's when you say, "What am I doing now?" Yes, I do my pod every week. Um, it, it, it's on the same medium we're using now. But what I really like to do is roll like film, documentary style film. Yeah, that's what I'm chasing today.
1: Now that's uh, it's an interesting time for that because you know we can do it on our phones. We don't need yeah. tons of tons of gear. These YouTube channels are massive. I mean, we're all trying to build it. I mean, I I think I've, I put probably fifteen or twenty episodes in the can of me just filming coffee shops. Yep. <laughs> and it you know it worked. People are like, oh, that coffee. And I, I was actually tagged today sure. uh, by by somebody that visited one um i met you know a, a colleague of mine that was just in the town that i was in that was like well i saw that you were here i gotta go go check it out so it does depending on what kind of effect uh that you want to have on things so it does it's it's i don't want it's not easier from the standpoint of like getting it maybe produced and and seen around the world at that at film festivals and stuff but everyone's able to put together their version of something that they want people to see so it's very cool and um and 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 i'm I'm assuming that you have are researching the you know you're getting want to get into the big cameras or what is it that that you're sort of like the approach that you're taking to starting this journey here
0: well i'll I'll tell you what so again covid gave me the opportunity because we were all locked down hiding in our houses and again i was very happy because i'm it gave me an opportunity where i didn't have any interference it's like you can literally focus on something you want to do now and no one can come over and fuck with that yeah don't have to worry about work even though work called me back that's another story All Right. um i can actually and i just bought a smart tv so right before the lockdown right right before the lockdown people were making fun of this tv It was 11 years old it was like this thick and i went for my birthday because my birthday's in two weeks and i bought a new tv it was a smart tv and then we get locked down i had youtube on it and, and once you go down youtube rabbit holes like you're just That's like it. wow man and I'm, I'm looking at this looking at that i want to do this want to do that and i had all my gear already so i was literally running around my backyard because we couldn't go anywhere yeah and I'm filming my dogs or whatever and i'm learning lighting camera composition you know and all the all these all the settings, how to how to actually film stuff, and you'd be like, "No, nah, that's shit, that's shit, that shit, throw it out." And I'm going, "Oh, this is really great stuff." Now I just need to put it all together. So that's kind of how it started. And it was I just went down this intense, focused rabbit hole on this is what I want to do now. And I'm a guy who learns the hard way, if you know what I mean.
1: Well, and the technologies, I mean, even we're on Restream here. And when this whole thing started with, you know, the network and getting into things, we were doing Zoom. And then you had to bring things in and put the graphics on. Now we're on Restream. There was Zencastr. There's all these different versions. And if you take and even now with with the ai and chat gpt and stuff you can actually do what ryan routh is doing with uh, you know ryan's got next which is like almost a full ai podcast there's all these cool things that the technology yeah, that what just what
0: rays doing is unbelievable because he's yeah. actually taking ai questions and feeding his new pod it's amazing is unbelievable i'm like wow that is actually ai driven it's unbelievable it really the
1: technology goes ahead but then we all but but on this side of getting it out but the core of it still starts on film so you still got to have your your light you still got to do get all that stuff down and i don't think that part ever changes outside of the fact that the the coloring and a few things get better but um now uh, we'll get into uh the will part of that that story as, as far as you know the the mix. But, um, I, I am uh i am definitely wanting to dive into army chris which is this guy right here and um you know and it's, it's just i'm i'm fascinated by uh what you have had to go through um and first and foremost thank you for the service to our country and everybody uh and all the help that you've given around the world i mean you guys don't get enough credit for what you do i and you know Please, please don't judge, but it takes a lot of balls. And I, and I, I'm always like, God, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't, I'm not sure I have it in me. I don't think I have it in me to, to like, um, to, to jump out of a plane and go and, 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 and go to Afghanistan and stuff. So, I mean, I, and that's, I don't want to mean that from a non uh, no, can, Canadian okay. pride thing, but I, but I'm just okay, like, wow, it takes a lot of balls, man. And I and less than
0: one percent of the population of Canada that wears the uniform it's like 0.22 it's a microscopic number in relation to the the population of canada that actually wears the uniform and goes and does the things and that's no disrespect to everybody it's just the way it is it's just the fact well you know
1: people have their their path and 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 you know i i get just as many of i get just as many uh um I have just as many questions for you about that that path that I'm sure you have about mine, even though they're drastically different. And I'm not saving oh, lives. It, really. I'm not saving lives, but uh, I do make people. I, this job does make people smile, though. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so how did you get to become Army Chris? How, what takes you from your home and saying I've got a, you know, I've got a, an obligation to to serve my country?
0: Um. Okay, it's not the story you think. So all the people I've ever interviewed on my own pod, they have a common story where, yeah, I knew I wanted to join the military and it was my calling and blah, blah, blah. And in, in my, in my circle, in my, in with, with within my peer group, we're all here tonight. I am a, considered a fucking hardcore military thinking guy, but that is not how things started. So, I back in the day, let's let's go back to about 1985, 86. And I know a lot of people might not remember those years, but I do. I do. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of confidence. I was that, you know, nerd kid in school, blah, 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 blah. We're not this isn't a this isn't a fucking fire up your violin story. There was it was it was um probably January nineteen eighty eight. And um, thank you, David. See, good Sergeant Major. Um, the a buddy, a bunch of buddies of mine in high school, which is grade eleven at the time for me, said, "What are you doing this summer?" I went, "Man, I don't know." And they said, "We're gonna we're gonna do this program. It's called the summer youth." It was a youth. It was an employment program that the military had organized to get you a couple credits for school as Hmm. as a recruiting, you know, thing, right? and i was like yeah okay i like i honestly didn't know shit about the military at the time the recruiters that come to high schools as they do across the country um yes um guys my age your age our grandfather served in world war ii i had some uncles that also served in the same trade as i was but it's not this yeah i wanted to join the military story it was like i just needed to summer job and my buddies talked me into it so I signed up I showed up I didn't know anything about the military didn't give two shits about the military to be honest with you um, they said well what trade do you want to be because they give you three choices of what you know There's the Canadian Armed Forces a lot of different trades and I went I don't care so because I'm just doing it for two months get some credits and then carry on with my life anyways the minute I was in, I knew right away when I met all the guys. And if, if you're, you know, I'm a skinny little dude, right? Lack self-confidence, blah, 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 got bullied in school. Suddenly, I'm uh, I'm with a bunch of guys, and it didn't matter whether you were, you know, the quarterback that, that banged the prom queen or any of that. You were equally worthless, you were all nullified. This is on basic training.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So whether I was a skinny nerd kid or the cool kid jock guy, we were reduced to nothing and came up together. And I'm like, I'm still best friends with the jock guy that I did on basic training from 1988. Maybe he went and did this, went and did that. And once that happened, I, 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 I literally, uh, I quit high school. I dropped mm-hmm. out went back and finished it later and everything but i'm like no this is where i want to be yeah i i fit in with these people and this is what i want to do so that's how that started and i became immediately i'm equal to these guys whether they're rock stars or or, you know whatever i knew right away this is where i want to go and the direction that journey took man that's a well, we can get into it. Like, well,
1: I, and we will get into it. I, uh, two things I wanted to ask about. Um, uh, you said, uh, number one, what does the army pay a, a kid that hasn't graduated high school yet that convinces him enough oh, to do it? Oh, then. No, is it like minimum wage for the average person? Is it like better yeah, than minimum wage?
0: Minimum wage in 1988 and take about ten bucks off of it. Right. Okay. We would get enough beer money to go out and get wrecked and then like you know.
1: But your food is covered. Your 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 barracks, like all your, yes. your accommodations, yeah, yeah. are covered. So your cost of living is is there. Um, do we know what that number is to to cover the cost of a soldier for a year like without, without 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 deployment, like just working on the base and uh, and getting your you know getting your trade and things like that? Do we know what that number is roughly? Um, back then or today? I mean. Then, now, I mean, they're probably, it's the same with, with that lovely word, inflation. But
0: I might I'm just have been saying. making uh, $60 a day back then.
1: Okay. And then you said that they give you three options for trades. Is that it? Yeah. That's all you get? There's three options. What if you can't build things like me? I build concerts. I don't build homes. So what options do they give you? Like, what if they're like, you can be a mechanic. I'm like, I don't know shit about mechanics. They go
0: too bad. Oh, they'll, they'll train you. Right? They'll train you. You pick you pick the three things, but you do aptitude tests too as well, right? So you do a bunch of aptitude tests, and I think the recruiter guy goes, "Okay, this guy's not so smart. Here's his trade options, or this guy is smart. He's educated. Yeah, here's your trade options." So it, it's it's a like there is hun- I can't tell you how many, but when you if you join the Canadian Air Force now, depending on your level of education, there are hundreds of options.
1: Sure. Then I, there wasn't, but that, but but then there was. You know, they gave you your three that you went through. Because I definitely they would,
0: would. They ask you to pick three based yeah. on your attitude. You go, yeah, I yeah. want to be um, an infantryman, a cook, or a clerk. Gotcha. No. Or I want to be an LCIS tech and work on communications equipment and, and work in telecom and blah 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 blah.
1: So you've got there's some options there based on your strengths. Oh, huge options. So there you go.
0: If, if, um, if you're a grade eight dropout, you're not going to be a fighter pilot. It's it's things like that, right? So,
1: so you go in, you get hooked, you go back, you get your high school. That's get that's hooked. a whole other, yeah. uh, other thing. But you said you have got deployed four times, so. There's been a very interesting um, few years. I don't know how old you are, Chris, but obviously we've come through.
0: 52 uh, in 10 days. All
1: right, well, I'm 47, so I'm not too far behind you. Uh, so we've been through We've been through a few things, but I would say since 2001 is when things really heated up. So when did your, I mean, not discounting any of the stuff that happened in the 80s uh, as far as peacekeeping stuff that Canadians were known for, but my question is, you said you were deployed four times. So can we can we break down that journey from I'm in,
0: absolutely. I'm,
1: I'm in, and, and here we go.
0: So my first deployment was in 1992, um, and that was in Cyprus. And that was a classic UN peacekeeping mission. It was a, a fucking holiday. I'm not going to lie. It was a joke. Right. But that's 1992, right? Blue Beret. There was already an agreement between the Tur- Cypriot Turks, Cypriot Greeks, classic peacekeeping mission we were we've been there for ever and ever it was not anything special now at that time in the in the mid-90s things were kicking off in the balkans right the former yugoslavia very bad time so everybody wanted to go there but i was in i was in uh cyprus and that was my first tour And i came back and i'm like i really 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 want to once you get a taste of a deployment and this was a joke compared to where you know what i ended up doing like there's a massive curve you guys can see this it goes like this yeah from my first deployment which is traditional peacekeeping no not nothing even close to combat it was a, it was a tour like literally a, a holiday yeah where i ended up and i'm um, like yeah you know if, if you're a military guy that really and your that that's your lifestyle. All you care about is when can I get the next deployment? When can I get the next deployment? Funny thing, just because of how my career went, I didn't get on the next deployment till two thousand three. So literally ten years went by. Jeez. So I was trying to get on um Go to Bosnia, Croatia. And in nineteen ninety-five, I just came back. I ran pre deployment training for ninety for the guys that went over ninety-four. And in nineteen ninety-five, a thing called Op storm happened, CIA led operation, which wiped out the area of operations that we were supposed to go to. So it was like six months of pre deployment training in the toilet. Like you're not going, there's nowhere to go. It's been overrun by the Croatians on this Serbian area. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck all right so my next deployment was until 2003 now by 2003 this is post 9-11 if you're a guy like me all you want to do is go to afghanistan Mm -hmm. you've been it's like so uh, to, to put it in perspective for canadian viewers imagine you you go to hockey practice for years and years and years but you don't go play the game yeah now i gotta go play the game so i'm in Afga- i'm in sorry i'm in bosnia in 03 you know on the back end of of uh, canada's commitment to that theater of operations going and i'm watching planes fly over europe going to afghanistan i'm like fuck man i gotta get to afghanistan i gotta get to afghanistan and that's all anybody who gave a shit cared about so i get back from from uh, bosnia um that's 2003 and it took me four years oh seven is my first deployment and this is where things start getting fast and furious for me um
1: Yeah, because you're going from, you're going from, uh, you're going, uh, what do you call it, from from a peacekeeping mission, and as you mentioned, the world's kind of out of yeah. control at that point, or at least the, everything's heightened, and everyone wants to help, or at least all the army people and all the men of service, men and women of service want to help, and you're kind of, you're you're in a lottery, right, and you're just getting antsy and antsy, and I'd imagine mentally that's, that's tough, because, my, you know, you're training, 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 uh, but then you get the call, you go, and now you have to kind of do this. All right, now what do I do, right? Like now now someone's got to tell you what to do when you get there, right? Or have you been trained enough that you hit the ground running? There's got to be people yeah, that are like...
0: Much, Brandon, we'll come to that because it's it's one of those, be careful what you wish for.
1: Yeah, I would be imagine. Be
0: careful what you wish for. Um, So leading up to 2007, my, fir- my first deployment, I... My, my job that I was going to do over there changed like fucking four times. So I did all my pre-deployment. I'm ready to go out. And then went, I was supposed to go as a, uh, an artillery forward observer. So he's the guy that looks in and calls artillery rounds on the targets. Got scrubbed. Now another guy, a buddy of mine, um, he was going to go do that job. So I said, okay, what am I doing now? You're going to go to the embedded training teams where you're training the, ne- the, uh, the Afghan National Army all right cool i'll do i'll go do that wow. and then that got scrapped i said well what am i going to go do am i even going is this happening they said yes you're going into counter ied <laughs> this is where my life changed counter improvised expulsive devices i went what that that that's my second tour but we'll come to that and i went what are you talking about that's an engineer Navy EOD thing, blah blah blah. They went, yeah, well, you're gonna go be this um, behind a desk guy thing and I, I was like fucking demoralized man. I'm like, no. oh my god, I'm gonna I'm going over there. well the boys are out getting it on and fine. good good thing. Every deployment I've been on, I changed whatever my job was to something else. So I got there i started off in this desk job but i learned a lot i really learned a lot about what it was i was doing and a good friend of mine who was also over there he was a civilian contractor he goes hey what are you doing here come on come with me and then everything changed after that um came back off that deployment may 2008 i spent a month on 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 leave holidays i'm just coming back to work and there was a uh, a conference to prepare the next guys going over so i went there and they're going around the table and i introduced myself and my 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 next my future boss goes my name is then major chris cotton i'm going to be the officer commanding counter id squadron on task force 309. so the thing's done I walked up and him, I said, hey, listen, I just came back. I got a bunch of material. I was in the theater training team, all this great stuff, right? And he goes, do you want to go back? And I'm like, fuck no, I don't want to go back. I just got, literally just got back. This is on a Friday. So I go home, and my my wife at the time, my ex-wife now, she's a gem. we get along good. I know that's not what happens to everybody. She goes, she was ex- she's in the military to this day she was intelligent she goes they just asked me to go on uh, task force 309 which was the next deployment i went what okay well we might as well both go right this is on friday monday i go back call them up and go yeah i'm in so that's what led to you know back to back like a lot of high high up what's that
1: what's a normal break though what's a normal so, break that someone gets in that case what
0: would happen would be if you went away for six months six seven months like the number, yeah. guys are normally deployed six seven months nine months 12 months depending on where they are what they're doing and then you would have normally in, in a perfect universe 18 months oh. actually physically at home uh that number kind of shrunk over years as operational tempo got higher and higher right Mm -hmm. so and the only reason i went back into the the uh we call it high readiness the deployment the pre-deployment cycle like getting ready to go is because for what we did which was pretty specialized um we had to start our training six months in advance of everybody else's training because we had to train them you know what i mean
1: it's, uh, it, that's a lot man I, 18 months to me uh, well eight well six months away i mean i i do three months uh again not comparing i'm just talking about being away um, uh, but you're on the move you're on the move you're on the move um and uh the the, the being home for 18 months part is interesting because i i wanted to to ask you about you know your thoughts of some of these movies especially the ones that were
0: born home for 18 months
1: yeah well you i'm saying the general deployment for somebody or that would stay home for 18 months i would think coming it would would, it would you know fuck with your brain because number one you're you're in it it's like it's no different than well, you know, your adrenaline's up, your adrenaline's down, your adrenaline's yeah. up, your adrenaline's down, and you know, um, you watch American Sniper or any of these movies when when all these soldiers have to go home, and it's like it's just a, oh, it's boom, tough, boom. right? It's tough. So, so, um, so it got, it gets reduced from eighteen months. Then you got to go right back into it. Obviously, you just you just for home for a little bit, um, but you're probably still like, all right, let's let's
0: go, let's do this then. Well, so for me, it was like that because like, I. I never had kids yeah and my and my ex-wife was military so it was like natural right so to me like the the, the shorter the time the space time between from when i get back to when i go again the better yeah because it's still in your head okay good boom Let, let's go right i I felt bad because all the guys under me and I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna jump to uh the complications of that if you'll give me the time um where they have kids and they have a wife and fuck man the the burden with that i feel bad for those guys that don't have enough time between one deployment to the next deployment it's it's just not right right Whereas i was like okay yeah shit fuck let's go um and that is not sustainable it's not healthy it's not healthy it's not sustainable and it, it'll 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 grind you down i mean i was when, when i went over on my second deployment this is the pinnacle of my entire total career i was never more ready never more focused never more comfortable i'm going back in and now i'm going down to do what i actually want to do you know from the first one when i was in the first one different job but it was within counter ied explosive ordnance disposal like i knew this is what i want to do 100 I, i i'm working with the best guys um, we had clearance divers from, from the navy, EOD dudes from the army, They're the best of the best of the best. And I get to run a five-man team, and I had the experience, I'm right out of theater. I have never been more ready to go. But here's the problem. The other four guys in that picture, yeah. Um, well, except one, they were like, I met their wives. And they're crying, and and the guys that you don't see in this picture, we were part of a quick reaction force. So there's like 35 guys, and a few of them that were very, very close friends of mine. You're getting on a plane, and you know I was one guy's best man, and she, they're crying like, make sure he gets home alive. Yeah, well, that's a tall order. Yeah, oh, and I'll take care of him. I'll take and care. of him. And is that guys, gig like the Hurt
1: Lock? Is that gig like the Hurt Locker? Is that is that? Well, what I'm-
0: kind of funny you bring that up yeah yes it is but so we were getting before we left the hurt locker came out so this is early 09 yeah and a bunch of media guys cb whoever it was ctv news fucking global i don't know came out to cfb southfield in alberta to interview us to preview the hurt locker before it was released to say how accurate is this because the Hurt Locker for those of you people who are watching this have not seen it It's a movie about an American Explosive Ordnance Disposal Team in Iraq in the early days They were on a three-man team. They're running around doing all this crazy shit and but they're taking out bombs So they asked us to watch it you know to comment on it and We said well the equipment's pretty accurate mm-hmm. and That's kind of where it ends interesting it's very much traumatized because actual technical bomb disposal is fucking boring compared to what you saw in that movie sure it's very very methodical we take our time if we have the time right and i'm not an eod guy i ran an eod team i had a different job long story different story so full respect to uh the od guys that that worked for me there was two of them rock stars um you know when the actual bomb technician has a very methodically planned job that is very technical t- to figure out what this device is how it works and how he's going to do what's called a render safe procedure right it takes a lot of time and then we got better and better at it and faster and faster on it I and mean, the first bomb we did in 2009, I think it took us four hours, and then by the end of that shit in 2010, we were rocking that off in for 40 minutes. Um, can I can I ask about
1: um, that process before we? I got yeah, a couple more absolutely. couple couple more for you, but um, the astronaut the stat or something on an astronaut is that they have to train. I don't know whatever whatever 30 days for for or 30 days for like a 30 minute or a three minute uh, problem. Or they got it or whatever it is. There's just a stat that's like training a certain amount of days in comparison to something that would happen. And I would imagine somebody like that's putting bombs, oh, like, you know, clearing them. You know, what is that? Is that a, like six months training to get one scenario? So then you have different levels of bomb. bomb Like this guy's got 25 years of this because he's been doing it around the world. Yeah. that Qualifies him for this level of bomb. Or is it, you know, uh, or does everyone get the same training and you're kind of thrown into
0: it? I, I can't get too deep into it because it's, sure. it, it's, sure. it's still pretty. I, I, I can't get into what we call TTPs, t- techniques, t- uh, tactics. Techniques. Understood.
1: Understood. I just thought I was trying to get, you were talking about it like it was an astronaut. And to me, I compared it like but, an astronaut, like so where it was like they have a shit ton know, of training.
0: The operator understands they can look at it and there's a lot of history that goes into it right like it's yeah. not like fucking especially over there where the, the bombs are very different when you when we see it is you have you have to respect the enemy at the time they're using minimal resources to make very very simple ieds that are very effective in doing what they do but once you get ahead of that and you you can get on that bomb 90 percent of the time that device the way it's made up and how it how it functions we have a pretty good idea how we're going to uh deal gotcha. with it and depending on where you were like if it was in the city because i operated on of Kandahar city right so you didn't have the luxury to just put a block of c4 on it and blow it up which is ideally what you what you would do like fuck it if it's out in the if it's out in the if it's out in the middle of nowhere, that's what you're going to do. In the city, we didn't have that opportunity, so we act we had to. The operator had to actually render it safe, did hand dismantle the thing, um, and that's the way it was. Now, if you were outside the city, where well, there's lots of room, lots of real estate, fuck it. Rather than risk the life of the of the the, the bomb guy, the guy in the suit, we're like now. Put a block on it bam hit it blow it up done so it depended on when and where that being said the actual devices themselves were pretty basic in their construct they were usually you know activated by radio control right i yeah, mean yeah push a button boom line of sight whack or you know yeah it, it was kind of like that so we got into the routine of kind of knowing how it worked but always in the back of your mind is is there an anti-tampering device right, right where well I was, I was gonna mean, i was
1: gonna ask you that question the follow-up to that would have been i mean when has it gone wrong and i and i i don't so it, it's uh, gone
0: yeah. wrong and it killed an operator right before we got there in 09 in 08 um his name was Dubey. he mm-hmm. was a french guy and he got blown up. He was an operator, right? And then another. In, was he in, was in
1: the gear? Was he up. in the gear? Is he in the gear? He
0: was in the gear. In the gear. Yep.
1: And how much and, protection and is in that gear? I, I'm going to probably hammer a couple of these quick to you because I want to. Uh, uh, but he's in the he's in like the full bomb suit, but there's just enough in there that it doesn't matter. Is that the idea?
0: Yeah. Or? So the the bomb suit has it, it, to put it into simple terms. It can it can handle so much blast. It's called NEQ, net okay. equivalent fucking quantity, right? Where it can handle this much bang, and then it can't handle any more than that. So as soon as we so we sent a robot down first, Somebody's on it clear here. And really brilliant robot. It's got an awesome camera package, and that robot will look at the bomb, blah blah blah. You've seen it in the movies, I'm not speaking the sure. yeah, and then the operators two guys eod number one number two they'll go okay what are we how are we going to approach this bomb if it's this fucking massive bomb the bomb suit's cumbersome it's not going to stop the guy from getting hurt so it's like we're not wearing the suit that guy goes down bare ass and does what he does um because the bomb suit's not going to stop that big of a blast It's, it's ridiculous right yeah yeah so it was always a judgment call on the size of the bomb and how much we think it would be versus wearing a cumbersome bomb suit, it's because the bomb, of any given bomb suit. Again, I'm not talking out of school. I know there's a lot of sure. drama, sure,
1: right
0: now about opsac. Um, so it was always a judgment call, and it was always a conversation when we when we, we looked at it. Went, okay, you're gonna go. If you, it's up to you. Are you gonna wear the suit or not well no it's fucking this big there's no point I, I i can i can dismantle this bomb without this shit faster than i can with it yeah every opportunity we had to wear it we would but it wasn't when it
1: doesn't matter it just doesn't, it matter. doesn't matter it doesn't yeah. matter um uh... I mean it could go on for a long time i i, I guess yeah. the the question at this point then is um to, to get more back into film for a second on the on the, on the to, to go to a more lighter approach for a sec um then what's what what's the most accurate portrayal of that gig or the most accurate portrayal of uh, in a movie that you've seen of what's going on over there since it's all started
0: oh man that's a great question i, I, I would suggest that there's not Movies, because movies are dramatized for for impact. Sure. But there's been a lot of good like Netflix docs um, that kind of tie it together. I, I can't put my, you know. Let me
1: let me let me go this way. I'll I'll list you a few. You rank them out of ten for accuracy.
0: Okay, right? that's fair.
1: Black Hawk Down. Eight. Eight. Wow, that's a that's a good score. A Hurt yeah. Locker four wow that won for everything for that one for accuracy great i'm just saying you think hollywood would you know it won everything you think hollywood would have spent a little bit of time great movie but that's but <laughs> just, that is just not, saying
0: that is not an accurate okay
1: Actually, uh american, Sni- american sniper which is a little bit more on the on the marine slash I'll uh, uh seals.
0: six seven
1: okay um Let's go back a bit.
0: Cuz I know snipers, like legit snipers.
1: Yeah. Um where else am I going here? Uh there was. Uh, let's go let's go back to like just uh, that feeling in general of, of accuracy. Obviously saving Private Ryan.
0: Oh my god, buddy. I don't know how accurate that was, but the visual effects were are putting World War 2 guys into into seizures that's a true story yeah i when i it, saw did you see that movie in the theater i did because i saw it in the theater and i was i was like oh my god this is unbelievably yeah insane
1: yeah there's you know it's very interesting because i there was the um what's the other one with uh mark Wahlberg? Oh, just slipped me my brain oh, just...
0: he did um it was a, an S.A.S. movie called.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, they were in the, in the, in no, the mountains. Seal movie. Ah, it's killing me. Yeah, it, it's it, called, uh, it, a guy named Mar- Marcus Luttrell.
1: Yeah, Marcus Luttrell. And that movie, uh, that movie to me, like in the mountains, was one of the scariest of all, to tell you the truth. It just, I, you know, and I was I'll
0: like, give well. that thing a nine because when I was watching it, how fucked up it was on the front end. They had yeah. no communications. Everything was going wrong. Um, lone survivor lone survivor
1: thank you lone survivor right.
0: if you yeah. watch listen to marcus luttrell's pod or the ones that he's on yeah. it's it's a pretty good reflection because he was an advisor on that movie right and buddy like, you listen yeah. and
1: he's he's in that he's in that helicopter he plays he plays yeah. a, like a, a guy in that helicopter that gets shot down what would that been like from a PTSD standpoint of playing a guy who he know, like, that would have been man. Oh man. And even all the guys, I, what a movie.
0: Wow. The accuracy of a movie to me as a military guy yeah, can be answered in the first five minutes is if, interesting. If they are miles and miles away with a little bullshit earpiece and have perfect communications back to whoever I'm like, fucking bullshit. <laughs> that's why i loved uh lone survivor because their yeah. comms were shit um you
1: saw that, that a lot in the vietnamese that, uh, the vietnam movies about yeah. the comms not working you know
0: but, that's 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 real life to this day yeah. like yeah. we were i'll give you a good example we got a call and normally everywhere i went in canada city except for a couple spots we didn't have a lot of blind spots but they said Chris, you're taking your team, and you're going to Argandab, which is outside of our area. I'm like, why are you on there? They, Americans have an EOD team there, and like, yeah, they got blown up. Oh shit! So Jeez. Um, we had to go through because we were, i was where I was was on on the uh, east side of Canaher City, which is kind of like a narrow-shaped city, and then we go all the way to the other side. And then Argandab, which is another province, is like north, north,
1: uh,
0: east, no, northwest. But it's behind this fucking giant mountain. So the minute we rolled behind that mountain, we had no communications. And the only way I can maintain communications is I was to leave one vehicle, like a gun truck, as we'll call it, for lack of a better term, at yeah. the last place we had communications to kind of relay, you know what I mean? I call you, you tell them. And I'm like, fuck man, this is bad. So the so we rolled in with no comms back to uh the the mothership for lack of a better term. Sure. But thank God, you know, we had American gunships covering us and these American guys were fucked up, man. Their car was blown blown to shit. And it's like, ugh. So that's how I uh long story short would assess the accuracy of a war movie if yeah. they have good communication the whole time like bullshit man because to this day in 2023 yeah. boys i promise you man that are over there right now wherever they are iraq fucking um ukraine wherever uh latvia they do not have good communications right mm-hmm. you've all everybody's been walking around their cell phone you go over here and suddenly it does not work that i don't give a shit <laughs> what military you're in Communications is never as good as they are in those shit war movies.
1: A couple minutes, my man. Uh, we could definitely have to do a part two to this because there's lots more to get into. Okay. Um, uh, definitely uh, more to get into on this side of it because uh, part of this series is talking to people that I normally don't speak to. So I am fascinated by them, uh, by all these stories. And uh, it makes the listener want more. So the next time I bring it back, I want to get into Ukraine. I want to get into, um, uh, you know furthering along your career uh but uh you know would you go back if you had a chance to all that kind of stuff but for now uh it's time to get into will and what you will do next which you know you can answer appropriately maybe you uh, yeah. maybe you do want to go back you know and do it but uh what will army chris do next
0: i'll tell you what man when i when i left the military Um, And we're going back a few years because I did some civilian stuff in in, in the interim project management stuff for construction companies But I left at a time where everybody was like, are you seriously getting out now? You're at the height of your career. I'm like, yes I am leaving now Um, I just I was exhausted I wasn't happy with the military the decisions that were being made in Afghanistan the direction things were going that's for another another night And I got out and I went okay. I'm past uh, midway through life. I want to go do something for me now. Me and the queen are even. Done. (laughs) Now I'm going to go do this. What's that going to be? I said, you know what? I want to do, I want to make film. And I'm going to use the podcast medium to do it. So if you look at my first three pods, I'm not promoting my shit we are we're gonna promote the shit out of your shit yeah okay which is good go back to the beginning and they are all three camera angle interviews and i think the lighting's good i think the audio's good and i'm getting better and i'm i was using the pod thing to uh to to hone that craft i'm like i want to create not destroy i'm i'm the military is in my rearview mirror i'm a military-minded guy yes can we talk about that another time absolutely i will never not be that guy but at some point you you need to go do what you want to do so will i am 100 focused on getting better and better and better at making film um working with obviously Cryer media like you okay i was the film guy for the uh niagara film fest i saw that, I saw that. It was great yeah and was it good it was all right could it be better yes because i'm i'm my worst critic that's what i want to do now and that's where my focus is right now
1: what's the first thing that you want to make
0: i'll tell you what it, there's a there's a uh an organization called water warriors in edmonton alberta there's a lot of homeless veterans on the street i want to do it. okay through. want to do a film about them because it's it's, I can understand it, relate to it. Like your first project that's big, should be about something you know about, right? I'm trying to do these little micro content things, like my a cooking show here and there. But what I want to do right now, first thing, is is a uh, a documentary on on uh, homeless veterans. This is close to attack for me, you know. You're going to
1: get a lot of support on that, and um we've got a lot of people in the network that are going to be able to help you with that. Um, we've got people, I've got people all over this industry too, that will also be able to help you with that. So we're going to talk yeah, off air about that, my friend, uh, definitely anything, anything we can do to help. Um, and last question on for today anyways, is, uh, will you come back on the show? Absolutely. We're not even, we're just getting going i know but you're in mexico there's gonna be oh, yeah. people handing you tequila and reefer and it's getting dark and you got things and you got people there and uh, i could go on for probably hours and I can hopefully the, yeah hopefully thanks. the hopefully the audience uh learned a, a, a few things today but will also join me on part two of this will which will hopefully be very very shortly as we get through it and as people dive into the pod so i appreciate the time chris
0: um where can people find you online you can find me on uh, Twitter the, at The Army Chris and Instagram and on YouTube. Fire, places. For five, fire for Effect.
1: Fire for Effect.
0: Type that in. You'll find me. And I'm on Cryer Media.
1: Where does fire from effect, is that a saying? Where's that from?
0: Actually, it is. It's an artillery term. So my last words, fire for effect is an artillery term. Which means to bring a bunch of friggin' chaos onto a target, and that was always my—I'm uh, like—I'm gonna bring the noise on any even topic. I'm not gonna butter it up. I'm not gonna dance around it. I'm gonna—I'm gonna talk about it. So that's where that comes from.
1: Fire for effect on the Cryer Media Network. Uh, you can find Chris on all the places that he mentioned. Uh, we got a. We have to do a part two, part three, part four. I think Chris is definitely going to be a part of. Do did will for for many episodes to come because it's an important story. It's a fascinating story. There's veterans that need that need uh, care. There's people that need to pay attention to these stories from people like Chris that are fighting for our country. And I, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate. All that you do for our country and uh, all the things that you've done and, and served for us And uh, is not lost on me, my friend, and and uh, and all the best. Appreciate to you, it, Brandon. Sure.
0: Really appreciate it, man.
1: Awesome, buddy. Uh, that's the Do Did Will podcast uh, for another week, and it's going to be tough to top this one, I'll tell you. And uh, Chris has been uh, been a hell of a guest. Uh, I can't wait to have him back. Uh, and we're going to do a part two very, very soon. Uh, I may not be in South America and he may not be in Mexico, but we're definitely going to get into the, the second part of it. And hopefully you guys want to hear more about what's going on there. This is Do Did Will, the Story of People podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in another week. You can catch me at com, Twitter, YouTube, all the places, Instagram. Tell your friends, have a listen, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at com.
0: The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana.